was the last time you'll have to watch that uh, bumper because this is the last message in the book of Revelation. Can we just celebrate that for a moment? We've been in the book of Revelation for 45 messages, 45. This will be the 45th message. We began this journey January 2nd of 2022. Uh, you could do this. I don't know if I would recommend it, but you could go back, as I did, and uh, watch some of those messages and, uh, and see kind of where we've come this entire time. If you've not watched all those or weren't here for all those, I would certainly encourage it. But it's, it's cool to go back and see how we began and how God has brought us to this moment in these uh, messages in the book of Revelation in this study. In that first message, January 2nd, we began with the understanding that this book is meant to be a blessing to you and I and I hope that it has been a blessing for you to study it along with us it certainly has for me because we have seen Jesus in glory and majesty 45 messages later preaching through the book of Revelation is one of my greatest blessings as a pastor and I pray that it's been a blessing to you as well. I want to close this series and this message today with one of the most encouraging words of all of Scripture. Come. Come. Friends, if you haven't realized it yet, if you haven't been listening Jesus is coming. And Jesus wants you to come to him. He beckons you to come. He knows this old world is hard. Come. He knows the pain you face. Come. Jesus knows your trials. Come. Jesus knows your grief. Come. Jesus knows your anxieties. Come. He knows the family issues you have. Come. He knows what you face at school. Come to him. He knows what's happening at work. Come. He knows you just can't get along with that person. Come. He knows the struggle you have with sin. Come to him. Come to Jesus. 
Come to him broken and he'll mend you. Come to him with your difficulties and he will help you. Come to him with your trials and he will walk with you. Come to him with whatever you face and he will shoulder it. He will help you to face whatever you come to. It may not be perfect. It may not be easy. It may not be the you know, green pastures and, and red roses all the time, but Jesus will be with you. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He's there with open arms, ready to receive you. Come to Jesus. Lay it all at his feet. He loves you. Come to him. Come. Jesus wants you to come to him and these words are recorded for you to know that. Not just to hope so, but to know, to know, to know, to know, to know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus wants you to come. I would say it's the whole point of this book we studied for 45 services over two years for you to come to him. Would you read these final words, chapter 22, verses 17 and following, and if you're able, would you stand to honor God's holy word? Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life freely. I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will Take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city, which are written about in this book. He who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I wish I had a stronger voice to tell you today how important these things are, but you'll just have to trust that the word of the Lord is strong enough. I'm not trying to be dramatic or uh, in any way uh, using vocal, you know, whispering. I just lost my voice over Thanksgiving. I had such a good time eating that turkey and dressing that I lost my voice. So thank you for bearing with me. I think in this passage, we see that thought that really caps off the end of this entire book with really the whole point of the whole thing to begin with. We long to see Jesus. And he wants us to come to him. Isn't that a blessing? 
Isn't it a blessing that the trials of this old world are only momentary? Isn't it a blessing that the difficulties that you face and that I face, the anxieties, the depressions, the sadness, the grief, the pain, the shame that we bear because of the sinfulness that we've participated in, the whatever, whatever, whatever ails us, whatever holds us, whatever pushes us down into the muck and the mire of the world, it's fleeting. It will, it will one day fade. We have hope that Jesus wants us in his very presence. Jesus wants us to, to know him and to come to him and be known by him. We see it in this passage that Jesus' final words of all the Bible, come, come. So let's look at the things he says here. Number one, do you have ears to hear? Come, ears to hear. That's a phrase that is Throughout the Bible, we see this idea is if anyone is listening, if anyone is, is able to hear, if anyone is able to understand if this idea of to have ears to hear, we understand this. We understand this because we, we know that you can be listening and you cannot hear a thing. My wife knows this because there's often times where she says, Derek, did you hear what I said? Now, I heard words. I don't know what she said. Am I the only one, guys? You just, you're not going to stand with me? Oh, the wife's, I see she was shaking heads. So. There was some vigorous shaking going on there. But you, know, you get it. We can listen. We can hear or listen, but do we realize? Do we hold on to that? Do we hear? Do we really hear? That's what it's saying here. It says in verse 17, both the spear and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears say, come. John wants to know who's listening. He helps the reader not only to be beckoned by Jesus, but to be beckoned by the Spirit of God. The Spirit is looking for those who are listening. The Holy Spirit is looking for those who not only know conceptually what the Bible says, but as James said, who are not merely hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. That idea of hearing here is not just hearing it, but understanding it and following through with it. It's, a, it's an action type hearing. It's something active. I'm reminded of some of John's other words. John chapter 5, 24, he writes these words. He says, truly I tell you, anyone who hears my words, he's recording the words of Jesus, anyone who hears 
my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. It's the same idea of hearing and acting upon them. Jesus said, whoever hears my words and believes them, the same connotation is here. Whoever hears, if anyone hears, let him say, come. This idea of hearing the call of the Lord and not just merely knowing or, or knowing the concept, but to say, yes, that's I need that. It's when Jesus says to come, and we do. It's when Jesus says, come to me, and we oblige. And it's not, and you know this, it's not some haughty thing when it's really this realization that when Jesus says, come, we realize I have no right, but I come anyway because he told me to. It's not walking through the door. Here I am, Jesus. It's a coming to the end of ourself and saying, I'm yours, Lord. It's meager, as an offering as it is, I'm yours. Use me. It's a humble coming. You and I must hear. It is active. You cannot merely listen to the words, you must act on them. Do you hear the Lord's call? Come. I don't know of anyone here today doesn't know the Lord as your Savior. If you haven't trusted in Him as Savior, I don't know. I don't know your heart. You do. But if you're here today and you've not come to the Lord in that way. Lord, I have no right to be here, but I come because you told me to come. And you'd like to. The cause extended to you today. Come to him. Come to him. What are you waiting for? This world's getting more difficult This world seems to have less and less to offer. And in Christ, there's treasures immeasurable. Why do you wait? Come to him. Perhaps you're here today and you've professed faith in Christ. You've grown up or at least become a Christian at some point in your life. But you seem to have this difficulty, and, and I know this feeling because it's, it's something I've wrestled with at times in my own life where 
You've got one foot in the world and one foot where Christ wants you to be. And it's like you're torn. Why mess with the world? It's only going to leave you hurt and broken and war-torn and shipwrecked. Put your foot on solid ground of Christ. Come to him. He's beckoning you. Come. Why do you wait? Why do we toil? Why do we, why do we try to tread between two opposing forces? Jesus is calling to you. Come. And you must listen. You must act upon it. Would you come to him today? The second thing that we see here, ears to hear, come. Thirsty, come. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? And it's like that. It's like what we see in the book of Revelation describes an unquenchable or a, 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 a source of life, a source of water. It's represented as a river, the source of life that will quench your thirst. But what the world will give you is this unquenchable desire. You go and you go and you drink from the slop of the world and it leaves you wanting. It leaves you wishing for more. What, what this passage says is that if you are thirsty, come to the one who gives you life. Come to the water that will never let you thirst again that will truly satisfy you, that will truly quench your thirst. Come to him and drink from this well that never runs dry. Has everything else that you have tasted left an empty taste on your palate? Is everything that the world has said would satisfy you, left you, left you empty? Come to the well that never runs dry. Drink from the water that is Christ. Drink from the river of life says you can drink freely freely it is not a religious pursuit that's just that is those are chains it's a river you come to with freedom drinking whenever you want drink from Christ now listen you got to leave the other behind you can't be between two things. But when you come, you drink freely from this well, from Christ. Charles Spurgeon described it far better than I could, and he said this, to my mind, 
the solemnity of this invitation, this come, lies partly in the fact that it is placed at the very end of the Bible and placed there because it is the sum and substance, the aim and objective of the whole Bible. It's like the point of the, of the arrow and all the rest of the Bible is like the shaft and the feathers on either side of it. We may say of the scriptures that John said of this gospel, these are written, all these books that are gathered together into one library called the Bible, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So far as you are concerned, this blessed book has missed its purpose unless you have been led by it to come to Christ. It is all in vain that you have a Bible or you read your Bible unless you really take the water of life of which it speaks. It is worse than vain for, it is, for if it is not a savor of life unto life to you, it shall be a savor of death unto death. Therefore, it seems to me that this is a very solemn invitation because all the books of the Bible do, in effect, cry to sinners, come to Jesus. You can drink from the water that never runs dry. You can come to Christ today. Ears to hear, come. Thirsty, come. Jesus, come. There's some strict warnings here about adding to or taking away from this prophecy. Very significant. But then John, after describing those, says Jesus is coming soon. And John sighs a sigh of relief. It's almost like you can just hear it in the text. And John says, come quickly. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Is Jesus your portion? Is he your heart's greatest desire? That our prayer should be the same. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And then John, because this is a letter, he closes it like many would. But I love it. I think it's an amazing way to close it. And he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. Amen. It's the grace of Jesus that we need because the day is coming that we've read about here where the grace of Jesus will be fulfilled
in the world. So until then, may his grace come to you. May his grace and his beckoning call to you to come be realized in your life today. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word teaches us that we can come to you that a sinner like me has available to him the grace, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all I must do is humbly come and receive it. The more I think about how holy you are and how sinful my heart is, the more that truth doesn't make any sense. Why would you, God of the universe, come yourself bear my sin, bear my shame and die an embarrassing, curse-filled death on a cross so that you could extend grace to sinners like me. Why would you do that? And if it is true, and I believe it is with all my heart, with every fiber of my being, but if it is true, if that is true, why in the world would I not give up everything to come to you? Why in the world would I not lay everything aside and say, I follow Christ and him alone? pray today somebody has that realization Lord and that you'd help us to do as the text says to come to you move in our hearts work in our lives today in Jesus name amen would you stand and as you stand we're going to sing if God is working in your life in your heart I'd love to share with you I'd love to pray with you you can also go to one of our next step tables at the end of the service if you prefer to do that. Someone would love to pray with you, share with you there as well. Don't leave this building today without heeding God's words to come to Him. Let's see.